Well, Tarek Panja from the New York Times is the uh, journalist who broke this story, and he joins us now. Tarek, thank you very much uh, for talking to us. It's really good to see you. Uh, it's a pretty complex story. Can you just tell us exactly what City are being accused of here? To, to simplify it, it's kind of nothing to do with the, the finances as such, i.e. The, the details within the finances. What is to do with are the revelations from, from the Football League's documents, which suggest that, that Manchester City didn't tell the truth. So to really simplify it, they're being accused of misleading UEFA, the investigators, and other licenses over a number of years. So whatever the level of detail in the accounts are, which are what normally count when it comes to FFP, this is more of a, a disciplinary dispute over misleading investigators, misleading UEFA, not telling the truth. That, that's probably the simplest way of, of, of putting this. So what are the clubs saying in response to the accusations? I know they've, they've made a statement since this story broke. The club have denied um, wrongdoing, and uh, um, when I phoned them yesterday, they, 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 they said I should stick to a statement that was released in March in which they say that you know, their accounts, there's nothing wrong with their accounts, um, this is a, a malicious campaign against them, etc. However, since then, not to me, but to other media, they, they've, they've suggested that the, 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 this story, um, they will use this story in, in, as part of their defence to show that you know, um, people are briefing against them from within the um, investigation, etc. And can you just clarify now the, the chronology of what's happening here? Because there's an independent panel that it's going to make a recommendation to UEFA we're expecting this week? Yeah, there's two chambers within, within the FFP um, kind of disciplinary orbit. You have an in investigatory group, which, uh, as the name says on the tin, does an investigation. Uh, once it's finished that, it could do two things. One, it could come up with an agreement, th throw, throw the case out, there's nothing to, nothing to find. Two, um, come up with a settlement agreement with the clubs involved, which they've done in the past, including with Man City. Three, send it to an adjudicatory chamber, which is uh, essentially the judge or a judging panel, which will decide on a sanction if uh, the investigatory chamber suggests that's what needs to happen. And you've been working on this story from several, for several weeks and probably even longer. And from what you're hearing, they are going to recommend uh, a year-long ban. Yeah, they've looked at this stuff. And, and the, from what I understand, the investigators feel, look, we've, we've looked at this stuff and we feel... Um, that, that, that they have cheated. However, the way the panel works is that they will all meet. They all met, I believe, um, uh, two Fridays ago, uh, and, and and this is the general feeling. However, the way the panel works is that the person who has the final say is the chairman of the panel, which is the Belgian Prime Minister Yves Leterme. He, if he was to um, sort of go with a consensus view, what the investigators said and, and submit this, this is, yes, he believed Man City have cheated and should be banned. However, that submission has yet to be made, and I believe it's going to happen this week. And even if the recommendation is a ban, UEFA don't have to listen to it, do they? They don't, but they usually do, which is the interesting thing. So there's bigger, there's bigger stakes here, like obviously Manchester City not being in the Premier League, and, you know, is a huge deal of seeing the kind of... Um, responses from Manchester City fans, etc., to, to this are not, not very happy with them or, or with me or whatever about, about this. But there's a bigger issue here about uh, governance. Can, can UEFA implement its own regulations when it comes to the bigger teams? Um, I think there's people within UEFA which are sensitive to, to this issue. Uh, someone said to me that, you know, 
if we if we don't go through the door, we might as well close the door on FFP. It just shows that we are weak. Uh, if the rules have been broken, because you know you're you're talking to me from a, a Turkish network, you know there have been several Turkish teams that have been um, sanctioned. Some have even been banned by by UEFA for. Um, breaches of financial fair play. So is it going to be one rule for the so-called um, mega clubs and one rule for, for everyone else? This is what this is a test of in many ways. So do you get the feeling this could be the end of FFP in its current guise or, or as we know it? I think this is a seminal case, yeah, either, either way. Um, the, the PSG case, we don't want to get into all the details of that, Paris Saint-Germain, similar case about overspending another another club that is bankrolled by a very wealthy nation. They seem so far to have got away with it. They have a lot of links within UEFA, and people have said, well, hang on a minute, why why, why is this not working? Um, so, yeah, absolutely. This is, this is going to define whether financial fair play as a concept exists and, and whether it doesn't. And some people, I could see why somebody would have sympathy for clubs like Manchester City, who have had investors come late in the day, who feel locked out of... The, the, the football pyramid, as it were, by, they say, rules that have been designed to, to kind of protect the, the, the establishment teams. So, yeah, this is a major moment. OK, uh, Tarek, fascinating uh, to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Tarek Panja. Thank you.